You're listening to the Communication, Gender, and Identity Podcast, a place where we discuss hot topics related to gender in the modern world. My subtopic in this podcast is going to be the unfair treatment of men in our judicial system. So my name is Kayla, and my interest in the injustice of the judicial system when it comes to men in the context of divorce, dissolution, custody, it all stems from seeing my brother fall into the cracks of our court system as well as seeing multiple cases just like his at my work. I work at a law firm. Many of the attorneys at the law firm specialize in family law so we just see this all the time and it's it's really unfortunate so I just wanted to be able to bring some awareness to it. In this podcast I'm going to discuss my brother's personal battle with the judicial system as well as tell a legal point of view from one of the attorneys that I work with and finally resources for anyone going through something like this. So I'm going to start off with my brother's story and just keep in mind that I've changed names in my podcast for privacy reasons. So it starts in 2007. That's when he met his who what would be his wife uh, her name is Kayla and that's when they met a long time ago in 2008 their relationship kind of formed where they got together and in 2009 she became pregnant as well as they got married so so all in 2009 it was a, a crazy year for them uh, they had a lot of issues involving domestic battery. He, she was actually arrested for domestic battery. And that was before their son was born, which happened in 2010. And it seemed like things would go well around that time, but they didn't, so it just went downhill. Um, in 2010, my brother was arrested for a violation of an injunction that was placed after her arrest for domestic battery and this was because he received the information from his attorney at the time that he would be able to text his wife they were still married if it was regarding their son and our court system decided that was not true so he spent three months in jail then and that's when child support started to accumulate because he was paying at that time so at that time, and even current day, child support and back pay, they monopolize over 40% of his paycheck. So, because of the lack of money and uh, poor choices, that led him to theft. It ultimately, ultimately it left him stealing from his place of work at the time. Uh, like I said, poor choice. He knows that now, it's been a long time. And so he ended up stealing a couple of hundred dollars and that was his second arrest. So at this point he was placed in jail for six months and then one year of house arrest. And, and during this time child support started to accumulate again and now we're talking thousands. And he isn't really back on his feet until around 2013. So I mean, now we're in 2019, it's been several years, and 
he still has a no contact order with his wife that ex-wife now is that's in place and he has not been able to see his son since 2010 because of this injunction and she refuses contact obviously those are the, the court's terms that they've decided on but and be, because of the large percentage that's taken from his paycheck he's not able to afford an attorney at this time so over time the back pay with the child support everything accumulates court fees accumulate his license is now suspended and it costs almost five thousand dollars to get it back because in his specific terms he has to pay the back child support before he's able to get his license so I really just wanted to share his story be just to show the fact that I mean these are long-lasting things in in his life like just the fact that he probably he doesn't see the light at the end of the tunnel even at this point and his son is almost 10 years old um, he doesn't really know anything about him and uh, it's just sad to see that that he most likely won't get his license back anytime soon he won't have a, his own car he won't be able to afford a place on his own to live just from these choices that were made as well as the choices from our judicial system so that's why I wanted to share that so so my second topic in my podcast is going to be the legal standpoint now the attorney that I asked these questions to he's been in family law for many years and I thought it would be interesting to get his point of view because he would have practiced law and he would have seen this shift that I'm going to discuss with you. So, if you didn't know by now, asking him the questions that I did, I didn't get the answers that I thought I would. And I was, I was honestly happy about that because he discussed with me a shift in, in the law and, and in the eyes of the law and it's for the better. So, I'm going to jump into that. So, the first question that I asked him was, is the judicial system generally in favor of the mother in regards to a custody battle? And this was his answer. Although parents are supposed to be treated equally for visitation, many times the mother will receive difference because she might be a stay-at-home mom and it would just be natural that the child would be with her most days and nights if the father works full-time. Courts try to award 50-50 as close as possible, but this is usually only the case after a hearing. And that's an important factor to keep in mind after a hearing. So the second question I asked was, uh, was about this shift in the law. And he says, there has been a shift to a more gender neutral approach in recent years, but it has to make it that far, meaning in front of a judge. And most of this only applies if the couple is married. There are different standards for that. Then he let me know that fathers now generally will have equal rights to visitation. The fourth question I asked him was about uh, child support and how that is determined. And he let me know that it is determined based on income and time sharing between parents. So the number of nights children spend with their parents, as well as the amount of money that's made by both parents. And then the, for my last question, 
it was about how often 50-50 is awarded and he said courts do strive to give 50-50. That being said, as I mentioned before, the case must make it in front of a judge in order for these circumstances to play out. Meaning cases, no, most cases will never make it in front of a judge. That's due to finances and many other things that can come up. And that's how, that's how people fall in the cracks of the judicial system is that money, it plays such a big part in it. And a lot of people just don't know how to go about doing things without an attorney. So the third part that I'm including in my podcast is probably the most important part, and that is resources out there. So in my research, I found that there are not nearly as many resources out there for men in these situations in comparison to women. When I started my research on these resources for men, no, I'm sorry, for women and their and their resources, I was absolutely flooded with information on domestic battery and abuse, and that is absolutely not what I was searching. Had nothing to do with it. And when I did research, the same sort of research for men, same question, switch the word to men, the headlines were all about discrimination, discrimination against women. So again, not related to the topic that I was searching, so it was actually really hard to find true, real resources for men. But I was able to find a few. So here are the organizations that I found that I thought would were helpful in these situations. So the first one is called the Good Men Project. And they offer advice on topics. Their website is actually very informative, even for women. But it does gear towards men more so. Uh, many topics are very hard-hitting on their website and that's what I thought was interesting they really don't hold back and they offer they let anybody give their input which is nice um, so they, they they really bring people together who have similar struggles and the second organization I, I discovered is called Fathers for Justice and this group was founded in 2001 and they fight for fathers rights in children's lives which is very important the third was called Dads Against Discrimination, and they tried to break down barriers when it comes to talking and these, these certain stigmas with uncomfortable topics in children's lives. All three of these are really great, and if you have time, I would recommend researching them because, like I said, even as a woman, they were really interesting to read. So, I wanted to include a couple of things that I found in my research that I thought were interesting. One was that a Minnesota survey of Supreme Court judges determined that 56% support the idea of children belonging with their mothers. And in Nebraska, 72% share these same beliefs. And I just thought that was absolutely crazy that such a high percentage of people don't believe that men play as big of a part in their children's lives. So... The next thing that I found was in 2017, 25 states considered laws for gender equality in a custody battle. So this means 50-50 unless otherwise noted. And that that's only half of our country. So if you can picture that, half of our country thinks that there should be gender equality in a custody battle. Just completely unfair. In doing my research, I also found a, an outdated study 
that actually kind of uh, was relevant today. It just mentions the fact that those who regard gender bias as an illusion have never suffered its effects. And I thought that was great. But that goes for any topic, really. People who believe that, you know, racism doesn't exist have never suffered its effects. I just thought I would include that because it was important. So, and finally, in this topic, I wanted to discuss the fact that the United Way, a very well-known organization, completely excludes fathers. Um, it focuses on women and their education, financial stability, and health. And that's in six different countries, including the United States. But it completely excludes fathers. It does, however, include students and young adults. But, I mean, that's a whole huge percentage of the population left out from their resources. So I think that the most important thing, if you find yourself going through a situation like this, is to educate yourself. And I know that's what you, you know, hire someone else to do is do all thinking for you. But I think it's really important to know the laws in your state. And this is going to help you in knowing what you're fighting for. So in the state of Florida, there are nine different variations of timeshare, i.e. custody, that can be scheduled between parents. So there's many options that you can strive to achieve in a custody battle. And so for support, I would recommend reaching out to any of the organizations that I mentioned previously. Good for Men, Fathers for Justice, and Dads Against Discrimination, they're all great, and they all have a, a very well-known online presence as well. I hope that, you know, in this podcast you've gained something. I definitely did in my research. So I hope I could pass that on to you, and thank you for listening.